If you're an athlete, you know the greatest motivator of all is the fear of letting your teammates down. After all, a team is only as good as its weakest link. So you owe it to those wearing the same jersey as you to be your best every time you step on the field. That's why there's no vape in team. When you vape, you can expose your lungs to toxic chemicals that can damage your lungs. If you're a step behind, the team's a step behind. Brought to you by The Real Cost and the FDA. Welcome to One to One, an in-depth interview series where I find interesting people from around the world of games to talk to, to have a proper chat with. Remember, supporters of the Eurogamer website get these episodes early, a couple of weeks before everyone else. And you can find out more about that in the description below or over on the website. I'm Bertie, a long-time writer for Eurogamer. And today on One to One, we're talking horses. More specifically, we're talking about a, uh, how a huge chunk of games, including the biggest games um, out there, end up getting their horse representation kind of wrong. And talking to me about this is someone who's been complaining their own words about this horse representation for a long time now. Someone who complained so much, in fact, a company eventually hired her to be in charge of a horse project of her own. Welcome, Alice Rupert, to the show. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's a pleasure. Um, I was half hoping you might be talking to me while cantering around on a horse. But I guess you need a microphone, so you can't do that. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I suppose I could do like a, a video call from horseback, but um, uh, yeah, that that would require a few a few days' notice in advance. Actually, <laughs> that would be sort of uh, a little bit more complex to set up. I also don't have my own horse, so I would need to get permission from the person whose horses I'm riding, and I'm not sure if they would be <laughs> they would be on board with me pulling such stuff. <laughs> yeah, maybe not. You could put maybe. Um, could you get a computer in the saddlebags? Um, a portable computer, probably a laptop in the saddlebags. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, you know, maybe maybe instead of like a regular desk chair, I could for my next for for the next sort of interview just get like a I don't know, kind of like a a, a wooden horse with a, like a <laughs> saddle on it, something like that. Downside of that is saddles are super expensive. I need to check on or like getting a <laughs> getting a used one. How much is a saddle? How expensive are they? Oof, like anything, a good one, a few thousand uh, euros, I wow. suppose. There are cheaper ones for like uh, less than a thousand, but I've never actually bought my own saddle. Like I said, I don't, I don't own a horse. I just uh, ride other people's horses. <laughs> I was going to ask um, sa whether saddles you are notoriously expensive and something you need to take good care of, and also like care, like need to take care of that they're that they that they fit well. Yeah, right. Because there's a lot of leather involved. I can imagine them being quite expensive um, pieces of kit. They're big big items um that are designed to be quite tough and strong and but also you know quite soft enough so that they move with the horse i suppose yeah yes and and to be adjustable enough that they fit uh the horse yeah so i've only ever been on a horse once i think when i was about 14 ish maybe slightly younger and my distinct memory from being up on the horse was I was quite scared. I had no idea. It doesn't seem that scary when you're looking up at a horse from down below, but when you're on the horse, plus I guess your own height on top of it, it's quite high up. 
Oh, I think I think plenty of people also find horses scary from the ground. I've definitely heard that um, <laughs> horses can be really big. I mean, depending on depending on what uh, what kind of horse uh, you 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 meet, you see like they they come in a bunch of sizes, right? Uh, a pony is a lot less scary than like I don't know a eighteen hands shire or or something. Um, no, I think I think finding horses scary is not that uh, that uh, rare of an opinion. Um, it's also sort of a health, like a healthy respect is also um, probably wise. Um, <laughs> yeah, right. There's They're probably also creatures. people who are not not afraid enough of horses. <laughs> yeah, right. Um, so, so the game you're in charge of is a game called Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch. Is that right? Yeah, exactly. And how long have you been in charge of this game for? Um, so I joined Azure Interactive, the developer behind Horse Tales, in uh, November last year. So um, November 2021. Um, that uh, that was almost a year ago. Um, and before that, I was um, in touch with Azure already and uh, doing some like freelance consulting work for them. So I've actually um, I've known about the project for longer. I've been sort of advising on the project where I could um, for a bit longer. Um, and I've I've also been basically very eagerly awaiting the project ever since I first heard of it being made, which was um, which was almost three years ago now, uh, when I interviewed the then CEO of Azure about it for my complainy horse game website, the main quest, <laughs> uh, which I've been reading. So were you involved in the kind of the design of this project from scratch, or did you come on a, a kind of a bit later and you just helped kind of make some things more authentic mostly the latter so i i didn't okay. i wasn't involved in like the the, the concept phase and and the early pre-production yet um at least not uh, not in a in a way like i am now so uh my part on the like my, my role on the project now is that of creative producers so i am uh really um in charge of like vision keeping prioritization um also day-to-day -day project management uh planning tasks planning sprints all of that stuff uh so sort of from the from the very mundane uh, project management to the sort of overall uh, vision. Okay. Um, but um, by the time I joined in that role, um, much of the much of the core of the project was already decided. So that was not um, not something that I took a, took a, a central part in. However, um, like I said, I did I was able to to have some influence via the consulting before. And one other aspect is that um, the the team at Azir was already familiar with my writing and with the main quest, and so some of those um, like guidelines and common complaints uh, that I voiced for also for previous Azir horse games and for um, sort of other horse games in general, those were taken into account. So that that is sort uh. of um, like my. <laughs> My influence and the opinions of my community, uh, and and like the the people whose whose desires I try to represent, those were taken into account. I was just not, uh, but I wasn't directly in charge of it. There's still definitely also some priorities that I would have set differently if I had been on on the project from the beginning. But it's still very much something that I um, I was very very excited to join because it it gets like it was clear to me from the beginning that this would get a lot of things right and uh, would get a lot of things right that no game had gotten right before, so to say. Okay, we'll come back to that a little bit. I'll talk more specifically about what's in the game, this game specifically later. But 
were you surprised to get a call from them going do you know what do you want to come and work on this game because the way i've seen you write about it where well, i mentioned complaining earlier uh, but these were your words you, um you, you kind of announced yourself as the developer who claim complained so much <laughs> yeah. about horse games that they eventually um gave you a job and i love this origin story so, but how did it go down how did it happen you know you're that, just sitting there sort i'll, of I'll typing. admit that was a that was a mild exaggeration for that tweet that went viral viral um but because what i mean what actually happened was it was it was a lot less um it was a lot less dramatic and a lot less sudden um like i said i'd been um i started the project the main quest in 2018 um where yeah. i was just like uh, I realized, hey, I, I want to talk more about horse games and what 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 do games get wrong about horses and, and what do they get right, of course, which games which games with horses do I like? Um, and uh, what about the, the niche genre of horse games, which a lot of people aren't aware of, but it definitely exists. It's mostly relegated to like the um, very kids focused, uh, like edutainment uh, market. Mm. Um, and uh, and what the what the issues are with the games that that are in that market and how they how they fail to really um, serve their their supposed target audience of uh, horse girls big quotation marks, <laughs> um, and um, so like I said that's that's how I started to get into to get into that topic, um, and as part of that process of writing the main quest I would regularly get in touch with uh, with new. Or like with people who had made horse games before, and that is what got me in touch with uh, with Azir Interactive because they had made the the Windstorm games, um, okay. which uh, were originally released in 2017 and 2019, um, and so I, I also I wrote reviews of the Windstorm games. I think I wrote a review of the first one um, before I was in touch with the company, and I I, I tore it apart. Frankly, I, um, I, I, I. What was wrong with it? What, I mean, what did you tear it apart for? First of all, it had the the studio didn't have an in-house animator at the time, and it showed the the horse did not move very very well. Um, okay. And the, it was it was really a, a stark discrepancy between the quality of the environment graphics, which is very pretty and uh, like very very realistic looking environments, and with just a horse that did not look like a horse, and. Um, <laughs> And also some uh, various other various other issues with the gameplay, like that that, that I just found really weird choices. Um, that I now that I have the internal insight, I of course understand better how these choices were made and why. But yeah. um, that also doesn't negate the criticism. I I, I mean I think it's a, it was also just a very big project for a small team at the time, um, and. Yeah, more more details on that in my uh, review on the main quest. It's still up, um, <laughs> even though I work for the company now. Um, so, and then, if I recall correctly, as a result of that, um, their then CEO got in touch with me um, and um, offered to to provide some insight into how these games were made. And so we had a really nice chat. Uh, I did. I made an interview article about that. That's also the first time I heard about what would later become Horse Tales, um, which was then uh, like using a working title. Um, and, um, so that basically gave me, gave me a lot of faith in like, uh, I'm going to watch what this company does because they just told me they're working on something super cool. Um, and then basically when I announced that I would be stepping back from my previous job, which was making local multiplayer party games at air console, okay. um, I, 
I got I got contacted by Azure again. Like, you know, we're like in a, we're in a phase now where we could use some more input. Do you want it? And um, I I, I did want to. <laughs> I was very happy to provide input on this very promising horse game that I'd been waiting for news on for uh, like two years at that point. And um, and yeah, then then uh, that's how that consulting started. And and from there, I was basically already involved. And then at some point, uh, we had the the conversation of like, um, so why don't you why don't you join full time? We we need a we need a producer. And um, and that that went to there. So it, it's a it was a smoother transition rather than just getting getting a call out of the blue one day like, hey, want to make a horse game? Um, <laughs> but it doesn't stop it being from very exciting. It, it's it's still very much a um, like it's a it's a dream job, yeah, of course. It's a it's an incredible opportunity um, to to basically say, like basically, I just started out of out of like passion and stubbornness. I started this project of like, <laughs> I want better horse games. Why does nobody make them? And de facto, it got me to the point where somebody says, "Fine, make one. Here's a team," and, <laughs> and like that is amazing. Even though, like I said, um, it's easy to summarize it very dramatically. The reality was a little less. Um, a little less spectacular, but but still, like the outcome, the outcome is absolutely that. No, and it's it's absolutely good to dress it up, you know, in a in an eye catching way. <laughs> but I think it's it's really nice this idea that you know something that comes from a, a place of passion will or can sometimes lead to you know an an unexpected place. You know, I you didn't start that um, your website with that intention, and yet you know, here you are on the, on the Not first... Not with that intention, but but yes, with that hope, sort of. Sort of. I mean, I, okay. I, I I did whenever, like when I when I started the website, not not necessarily with like the specific intention of I want to join a studio, but also um, it was always sort of also intended as market research because I, I, I quickly, of course, realized, hey, I should make a horse game. <laughs> um, I was also working on my own prototype. Uh, oh, between, okay. But I, I had to drop that, but... Um, that that's also relevant in this whole story, by the way. They didn't just hire someone who wrote about games. I, I do have a background in, like, I, I did study game design. I did have a background as a game producer. I was working in that field. So it's, um, I, I saw someone summarize my tweet as like, see, hire fans. And I was like, no, 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 that's not, <laughs> that's not what I said. I do have the qualifications for this job. Yeah, so, <laughs> so it's not just, um, let's yeah, talk it's, a bit it's, about it's not that. just uh, that. Let's talk a bit about that background because um, let's kind of rewind a bit and then we'll kind of uh, forward to, to kind of where we are now. Sure. And we'll talk a bit about ho horses in games because as I realized when I sat down uh, to think about this podcast, there are a lot of horses in games, which might sound like a, a simple sentence. But when you actually look at it, you're like, oh, yeah, that game has a, a horse who's a pivotal character in the game, not just like mm -hmm. a horse. Um, and there are there are quite a few games like this. So let's rewind a bit to to Little Alice. And I know you covered some of this in a, in a Twitter thread um, nicely, but let's go back over it a bit again. So when did horses first come into your life, and when and when did you fall in love with them? Because it, I wonder if there's a moment where you were like, "Yeah, horses. I'm all about horses." I think and. I think this is actually something that a lot of horse-obsessed people share, um, is that there's no such moment because okay. it just always was that way. Like it's it's not mm. like it's not like most people are exposed to the concept of horses at some point in their life when they're already 
conscious of thought or anything. I, I was very much like, I, I always loved horses. I don't know. I, I got horse books and horse, uh, I don't know, toys for my birthdays as a kid um, when I was okay. super young. I, I do not remember a time where I wasn't the kid that liked horses. Um, and I also, um, I, I remember that when, uh, when I started taking riding lessons at eight, um, that was like, that was such a highlight. That was like, those summer holidays before I started second grade could not pass fast enough because I knew <laughs> that afterwards I would finally start riding horses. And I, I mean, as a kid, those, those time, uh, that time scale is always a bit uh, messed up. So it's always, it feels like it's a super long wait, but actually it's, I don't know, a few weeks. <laughs> um, but, but that definitely, um, I don't, I don't remember a time where I didn't have a certain fascination for horses and th like that fascination has evolved. I, I, I don't, um, um, I do talk about it differently nowadays than I do when I was eight, uh, but <laughs> but I do think that there's there there wasn't really a um, there wasn't really a, a a cause. It's just that I don't know. They're cool. The way they move is 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 nice. I like I love looking at them. I think they. I don't know. I just just like horses. <laughs> yeah. So so it wasn't that you you hadn't necessarily seen a, a, a live horse in the flesh. You just it was something that you picked out of stories or you just identified with as, as a kid. And then you were already kind of, yeah. okay. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, like when I think that probably the first times I sat on a horse was like when, when there was like pony rides uh, for kids <laughs> at uh, like uh, local town fairs and stuff like that. And I always wanted to go pony riding. It's like, it's like I don't, I, I should ask my mom about this at some point. Because maybe she remembers something I don't um, of like, was was there a beginning of this? Because I don't remember there being one. Yeah. And similarly powerful in your life from from what I've read is is gaming. Um, as far as I can tell, you you have always played game. That's been a games. That's been a kind of lifelong passion of yours. Is that right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, we we got into games. um or like we, my sister and I were playing games on on my dad's old computers in like Windows ninety five and uh, Windows ninety eight uh, eras because my my dad would always like in, during that time you needed a new business computer with a ton of new features every year or two uh... so he would just bring the old computers home to us, um, and we would uh, like play everything we could get our hands on which wasn't a lot because you're not very resourceful as a kid for that sort of thing and we didn't have internet of course so we would just uh, play every every um we, we started out with a few really cheap demos that we happened to get for our old windows 95 computer and then continued with um i think that the, the biggest thing I, I played as a kid also with my sister was then uh, like the sims so that was like right. my my first my first huge time sink was the Sims and all its expansions, um, which uh, which also um, yeah which I, I definitely did spend a lot of time with and from from there we we did eventually branch out like I, I, we also played some Tomb Raider and um, then eventually got uh, got like a Nintendo sixty four with some uh, some games on it so. It's always been a part of it. It's always been a part of part of my life, yeah. And unlike some other um, friends my age at the time, I just I didn't grow out of it. I didn't. <laughs> I never felt like I should stop playing games. Like when I was like ten, twelve, all of my friends played The Sims, and I think 
those group of friends that then stopped uh, stopped playing completely. Yeah. I now have new friends that play games again. <laughs> so, did you know at this age? Because you, you said you went on to study uh, game design. Did you know then? Were the kind of fires burning inside you to follow this as a career, or, or did you want to be something else entirely? Uh, yeah, no, it wasn't. It wasn't always the plan. Um, I actually like when I when I was a teenager, I always thought that I would go study English and be an English teacher. That was like my my plan when I was like fifteen, sixteen, seventeen. Um, and uh, then I realized uh, that I had this like moment of like, oh my god, no, I I don't like being in school. Why would I want to keep <laughs> doing this all my life? <laughs> and then that plan suddenly like died in an instant. Um, <laughs> And um, I, I was always, um, I, I always knew that I liked sort of working creatively. So I was always drawing and writing and um, like writing stories and, and, and drawing, also drawing a lot of horses um, and like going after some, some other sort of like little projects. And um, I was always a bit hesitant to, to do something like really artistic for a job because I always, I was like, well, but doesn't that take the joy out of it sort of? Mm. Um, but eventually when I suppose, like when I started looking at universities at like 18 years old or something, um, I started, um, looking at what the local art universities offered. I was looking at like graphic design and, and, and animation, uh, courses. And then I realized that game design was an option. And at that point it was pretty clear to me, like, that's it. And I realized, (laughs) I, I read, I read their curriculum and I realized like, character design narrative like game narrative game mechanics game history like it 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 sounded it it sounded it sounded almost too good to be true like it sounded um it sounded like wow all of those stuff all of those are topics that i find super super interesting are you telling me there's like there's a way to to make that my job and um I've never really come away from that. Um, I mean, it's a it's a stressful job. It's, I have enough to do. I'm I'm tired at the end of my work days, but when I look at it from some distance, I still think what I'm doing is super cool. Yeah. So, do you remember as you're playing games and you're you're getting a bit older? Maybe this happened when you were were young. But do you remember the moment where you were playing a game, and there's a horse in the game, and you thought, hmm something's not right about this horse and it's annoying me or I've got, I want to say something about this. Do you remember this kind of feeling of discontent, if that was the right word, of of how horses are represented in games? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think one of the... (laughs) I, I already I already mentioned this moment in another uh, another interview recently, but um, one one such moment was when I was playing Assassin's Creed Three, um, and okay. I, I was a huge Assassin's Creed fan as a teenager. I even I even I did Assassin's Creed cosplay on horseback uh, <laughs> at one point. Wow! Um, and um, what I uh, what I noticed about uh, like the horses in Assassin's Creed is that um, so you don't have your own horse in that game. You just you pick up a horse wherever like. There's horses standing by the wayside, and you just pick one if you need one. Um, and um, in Assassin's Creed Three, the two of the games before, like the three of the games before, already had horses. But in that one, uh, what was special was um, that 
when you um, when you like you could pick a horse so there would be like a black horse and a, a white horse and a chestnut horse and you could pick one of those and then you would ride out of town and then after the loading screen your horse would have a different color so imagine <laughs> the disappointment of like teenage me picking the prettiest horse and that that's saying something the horses now assassin's Creed 3 were not particularly pretty if i look at those today i'm like Ugh. um so picking the one that i like best and then the game's like takes that choice from me that's like why <laughs> Why are you doing this? And the other, the other thing, of course, was um, maybe maybe that was even more of a like more of a moment, um, because by the time Assassin's Creed Three came out, um, that was already after the first Red Dead Redemption, and I of course okay. loved Red Dead Redemption One for for its horses, um, like at the time. Right. I was, so I was so Red Dead by by how they looked. One was good because I know a lot of effort was spent on Red Dead Two, and this was one of their big things they talked about was this realism and particularly their depiction of horses. Clearly they'd spent mm -hmm. a lot of time getting this right. But Red Dead One yeah. was similarly good in that regard. I would say for its time it was fantastic, yes. I mean of course okay. of course nowadays the horses in Red Dead One might not like they they don't have quite as many mocap animations and probably fewer <laughs> polygons and a little bit less detail than the than the red dead one uh red dead two horses but in some aspects of their shapes i would even say i like the red dead one uh horses better um okay. but that's that that's a that's a rare opinion that's 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 me being extra i think um <laughs> no but but i i i loved the i loved the red dead one horses and that was if i recall correctly in 2010 so when assassin's creed announced they're going like frontier american frontier setting i was like oh, maybe that'll be like red dead style and you have a little maybe you can have like your own horse and maybe there's even different horses and something like stats or horse taming and and something like that and it didn't have any of that and i was very disappointed by the lack of lack of horse specific features in assassin's creed 3 after having played red dead so yeah that's definitely one of my one of my um <laughs> defining moments of horse game disappointment <laughs> so so that happens and maybe a, a switch flicks at that point and, and you start looking a bit more purposefully at horses in games or I don't know, how does that build to a point where you're like, I'm going to write something about this because it's just, it's starting to get on my nerves. I think, I think what was the difference is that for for like during that time like when i was um yeah when i was playing those games i mean what was that assassin's creed 3 came out when i was 20 um so during that time i i always thought that um that's just a me thing like nobody else cares so i i would just have like i would have these thoughts and i would observe these make these observations but i wouldn't necessarily tell them to anyone because um, my horse friends didn't care about games and my game friends didn't care about horses and some of my friends didn't care about it either. So um, I, I didn't I didn't really see an, an intersection for like, who would I even talk to about that? And um, and I think what what sort of changed was then, yeah, when when I started to like talk about when I just started to talk about more things on Twitter and I eventually also talked about horses and I, I got that feedback from people when I criticized specific horses in games, um, where people would just went like, you know, when people just had the response of, I know nothing about horses, but I love hearing you talk about this. You're so passionate. I'm learning, no, I'm learning new things. Oh, wow. I didn't know a horse's fetlock joints don't bend that way. <laughs> and, um, and that, that gave me the encouragement I needed to like, um, 
and and also of course that gave me also the real realization that i wasn't actually alone because another reaction that i got was oh my god finally someone else who cares about horses in games and um that's that th those two things in combination people who didn't care about horses but thought it was interesting and people who had the exact same uh horse game brain rot as i did um <laughs> that that gave me the the motivation to say like okay fine I'm going to start a, a horse game project. I'm going to do this. So I want to look at um, a, a few different games and their horses, because to me, you know, I, I, I can think I can see the difference when there's a horse that is moving in a, a kind of very believable way. So like, let's say, you know, Red Dead 2, I can appreciate that the horse has a lot of time has been spent getting this horse right, but my mind doesn't know the difference so the witcher 3 is a, a very popular game um and of course roach Geralt's horse is quite a famous horse at this point how well does the witcher 3 do in terms of horse accuracy how good is roach in the scheme of things um all right so i haven't done an in-depth analysis of roach where i went okay. like you know like when i when i thoroughly review a game i i really I record individual okay. movements and I like I, I wow. watch them all repeatedly to to really like uh, be able to say something uh, uh, sort of to to, to make a, a a statement on on the accuracy of it. I haven't done that for The Witcher, but I have played the game, so that also means that um, it obviously was that they, there there were there weren't any such glaring mistakes that I that I would have. Um, I don't know that it would have put me off the game. Um, there's definitely some stuff that I like. I, for example, I like that Roach is like a, a character, a, a named horse, instead of just um, you find a new horse at every corner. Mm. Um, I like that, for example, um, The Witcher Three has like um, in in the Skellige region there are wild horses that look very much like um, the Mongolian uh, Pshewalski wild horses in terms of their coloring, and they look a bit. They look a bit fuzzy, a bit furrier than a regular horse than the regular horses in the game, which is like this implication that these are horses suited to a cold environment, which is just a detail mm. that I super appreciate. Um, and there's also, um, <sighs> I mean, <laughs> there's also the fact that, um, of course, Roach is like infamously buggy to the point where the developer made an April Fool's joke saying they actually <laughs> tuned down the accuracy because it was just too good to over like an overlay of bug compilations. Um, <laughs> but that's not stuff that bothers me. I, I mean, bugs happen. I'm, I'm, I'm way more happy to have a few bugs in a game um, and, but have, have like a functionality that fits and like fitting animations and everything. That's more important to me. Um, so I don't care that Roach does push-ups sometimes. Uh, that's fine. <laughs> Um, so I do also, sorry, I, just to, to elaborate a bit on Witcher Three. I do also think um, it also squandered some potential because in the Witcher oh. books, which I'm also a fan of, um, Geralt has a lot more interaction with his his horses, his roaches. Because like you know, roach is not just he names mm. every horse roach. So um, I, I think it would have been an opportunity that Geralt writes a different roach in Skellige, for example, that, rather than just the one that he always has teleporting to him something like that and i also think it would have been fun to have like um i don't know like roach in the book sometimes Geralt writes a roach that doesn't listen to him in the books and he's frustrated by the horse not doing what he said like I, I think the the books very much understand horses while the games just feature it as a as a like way of transport 
but that's 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 also understandable. I mean, I, I know this isn't a priority for for others. Yeah. So one game I've seen you talking about recently, um, arguably one of the games of the year, one of the biggest games of the year, certainly, and that's Elden Ring, um, and your your horse Torrent. Although it was kind of a fantasy like interpretation, but I saw you 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 did a post on this about what the ways in which Torrent wasn't quite right but which are those ways um so first of all um because that always comes up when i mention torrent i know he's a fantasy horse i know he's half goat i know he can double jump that's fine with me that's not i'm not going to point point the realism finger at that i i realize like just caveat i know <laughs> um <laughs> what uh, what bothers me about torrent is that he has uh very bendy legs and that's it's just a very common issue where horses walk on bent legs like they walk in a constant squat and it just looks really stupid um because horses can't like horses can't walk on bent uh four legs i have some comparison uh, this applies to goats too by the way so that excuse doesn't even um apply <laughs> um and um it just it just looks very wobbly like he he walks like a spider over uneven ground and, <laughs> and it doesn't it doesn't give you a very horsey feeling and not a very goat feeling either um but but i do like i also like parts of uh, of of torrent I, I i stuck with elden ring for a lot longer than i originally thought i would not only because of torrent but um i definitely also enjoyed that bit um, I love that you can feed him raisins, for example. The feeding animations is so cute. Like that's such a detail. I'm not even sure every player sees that ever because you can also just heal him with uh, with your healing bottles. But um, yeah, no, it's just one, one such detail that I think is super super cute. Yeah, it's nice that you see both, you know, the good and the bad. I like that you, you know, find things to like, even if you're not convinced oh, about yeah, the absolutely. overall representation. I, I, like. I, I try to, I try to be nuanced in that way wherever I can. Like I, there's, there's no game horse ever that I would tell you was all good or all bad. They all have some, they all have their, their good bits and their, their bad bits. So if we look at game horses in, I suppose the last kind of five years in, in some of the, the biggest games, and I'm thinking across games like Zelda Breath of the Wild, Epona in that, I'm thinking about Red Dead 2, I'm thinking about Agro, I think that's how you say it, in Shadow of the Colossus. Um, I can't think of any more off the top of my head. But as we kind of look across games like that, how how accurate are the horses we see in these games, generally, roughly? Hard to, hard to make a blanket statement. I think overall, um, in many ways, they are getting better. Like the the the, the graphical fidelity of, of the Red Dead Two horses is not something we could have gotten like ten years ago. Um, but in many, there's also many ways in which they make the same mistakes as they always have. Like I don't, I've been I've been playing. Um, after like last time, last time one of my one of uh, some of my content went a bit outside of my usual audience. I got a ton of people saying like, "Oh, you should play Ghost of Tsushima. The horse is so good in that, ah. and you definitely need to play it." And um, I'm not done with the game, so I'm not gonna do any like final judgment. And I think people also want me to play the story, which, as far as I know, also has some horse relevant bits that um, I'm not trying to get spoiled. Um, but. <laughs> The movement is so bad. Mm. <laughs> it moves so weird. The animation is so strange. And I know it's hard. I know that combining 
combining quadrupeds and inverse kinematics is a very complex technical subject. Um, so that's not something that I think is easy to do at all. And I don't blame, I don't know, for example, I don't blame indie game developers for using asset packs that take IK off their hands while getting basic gates or pose postures wrong of the horse. Um, but it also just tells me that a lot of people don't know how a horse moves. That's why they keep saying, like, this is a really good horse. Like, yes, in some ways it is. Of course, uh, it meets the requirements for what a good horse is for many people. I realize my my um, I realize I'm nitpicking. I, I, I do understand <laughs> that a lot of people don't have my sort of quality standard for horses and games. Um, but uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of people don't see. Um, what's anatomically wrong with uh, so many digital horses this happens in this happens in animation too by the way i've 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 taken screenshots of animated series where i'm just like where joints bend the wrong way and all that stuff like people, <laughs> people on the whole do not know how horses work yeah um it's interesting isn't it because i wonder if for for many people i mean these things should be accurate but it's interesting that it's slipping by many people uh yeah. presumably and and the only you know people like yourselves people who ride horses people who pay attention to horses are picking up on these things definitely so you mentioned that some lots of games seem to be making the same kind of mistakes what are some of those mistakes um so a few a few simple ones are like that. For example, I, I've seen that in I've seen that in several horses. Actually, uh, actually also in some horse games that are actually aimed at this niche audience and still get it wrong, um, which is just like not representing a horse's gates properly. So like a horse can walk, it can trot, and it can canter and gallop. And um, some games just don't let you control which gate you move in, and instead give you like a weird say if you move the joystick a tiny bit you walk and if you move the joystick a lot you trot and then you have a button for gallop for example and it, that just always ends up giving me too little control because i like i want to be able to walk with my horse and i don't want it to be like a <laughs> concentrated effort on the joystick um i also think one th that maybe that's that's also one of these things that okay that's just only the horse people notice that whatever but i think what uh, what i think is is particularly worth worth noting is that so many games could profit from doing more with their horses um like for example from treating them as characters or um as like part of part of the as a serious part of the mechanics or or, or the story in some way um I've previously made the example of Shadow of the Colossus um, and imagine what a different game that would have been if Wander could just pick up a new horse at every corner like he could in Assassin's Creed 3. So I just think it's um, the games that do use their horses in narrative uh, in a narrative capacity to me profit enormously from it. Zelda Twilight mm. Princess is another one like where, where I really think and, and Ocarina of Time as well of course. Uh, I played them in reverse order, which is why I always think of Twilight Princess first. But in Twilight Princess, like the moment where Epona is stolen and the moment where you're back are are so like that's that's such such valuable moments in uh, in that game for me. Um, and um, I think more more games could benefit from that. And uh, I, I've written a bit about that, like that that dichotomy. Is that the right word? 
that that difference between uh, like horses that are companions, so that are characters um, in the in the narrative, and you have one horse and it's your fixed horse and you can't change the horse, versus like collectible horses where you can perhaps get different horses and they have different stats mm. and you can upgrade them, you can tame new ones. So I don't think there's um, it's not that one of these approaches is better, but there's just a lot of games that get the advantages of neither by uh, by either not giving you any choice and by not implementing anything into the narrative um, or or sort of by, by just making making the choices meaningless like that Assassin's Creed 3 example. Um, and I think more more like interacting with horses is kind of fun and a lot more people would enjoy it um, in games where it's not dangerous and not costly like it is in real life. And I think even even something like, I don't know, the, the, the popularity of things like can you pet the dog? Where everyone now knows that if you put a dog in your game, you need to be able to pet it. Um, horses <laughs> in games are still not pettable so much of the time. Like, give me interactions with wow. my horses, even if they're simple. Like, uh, let me, I don't know, even, or in, in games where, where I, like, have a home base uh, and return to my home base in the evenings, I want to take off my horse's saddle and, and, like, put it away and let my horse relax because, you know, like, if, if my character can go to sleep, I also want my horse to be able to go to sleep. Stuff like mm. that. There's there's a lot of opportunity. Um, and I realize not everyone is equally bothered by that. Um, but um, I think a lot of people would actually kind of like it if more games got this right. Yeah, so you've touched on a couple of things there um, that you would like to see in games. Um, and I guess I'd like to know your kind of tips. Like, let's say there's a game developer listening to this. They're featuring a horse in their game and they're thinking now okay maybe i can make it more of a companion okay maybe i'm gonna add some petting options are there any other things or any other tips um that you would give yeah. them or that you if, would like if to you're see a game developer games? listening to this and you want to make your horses better my email is alice at the main com, and i'm happy to help <laughs> <laughs> um no i mean yes that's serious but also um I, I have I have an uh, an article on like a, a listicle of eight common mistakes that I that I see people make. Um, one of that is like I mentioned those those like bendy knees, um, not not like just getting the, the getting the basic motions wrong. Um, also um, getting getting gates wrong, like not letting me control that I can walk, trot, canter, gallop, um, and. Um, some some like especially in in like kids games we also had the issue a lot of the time that you were not actually able to look at your horse i think that's super bad too uh, oh. the horses are pretty let me look at them um and and i think but i think in, in a lot of cases um it really it really depends on what you want with your game like i said with the companions and collectibles it really it's it's very easy for horses to take up too much space in a game if you let them. Like, um, mm. for example, if you do mounted combat or something, it gets super complicated super quickly. Um, and as soon as you have like mounted um, world traversal and traversal on foot, you need to make a lot of consideration of like, okay, that's basically two entirely different game modes and ways for you to interact with the world. Um, that gets complicated. But I think regardless of how much complexity you want in your horse inclusions there's probably a few simple things that you can make better like even if you only have a scene in your horse game where uh, sorry in your game where a horse stands around just idling there might be a there might already be a cool opportunity there to 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 insert some some nice little idle behaviors that you don't see a lot like it, it starts it starts mm. with the soundscape as well like horses don't constantly neigh like a horse standing around maybe just <laughs> 
snorts a bit, or maybe it maybe it scratches uh, it scratches its its head on its leg or something like that. There's there's a lot of um, casual, likable horse things that non-horse people don't see or think about or that don't come to their minds. And for for that, yeah, you, you do need to ask horse people. And hi, I'm one of them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you mentioned this earlier and I wanted to come back to it um, because I've seen you talking a lot about being a horse girl and, and earlier you did it kind of in inverted commas because it feels like this term is rooted in a kind of sexism to me. I, I don't know if that's correct entirely, but c can you explain it to me? What is this term horse girl and, and, and what does it mean, good or bad? Yeah, so there's definitely this this aspect of like it's 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 definitely very gendered. Um, in in my community, we sometimes we sometimes use the phrase like horse girls of all genders because um, we have we have some guys and some right. trans men who are like, well, they're still they still fit somewhere under that umbrella or like they feel like they do in some way. And um, and yeah, absolutely, that's fine. Everyone can be a horse girl. I don't care if you're a dude, you're a horse girl. Um, <laughs> But uh, but on the other hand, like more widely, it's it's definitely a wave of of um, it's definitely it definitely has negative connotations in a lot of places, like uh, where horse girls are crazy, um, and you should never be with a horse girl because she's she's only ever going to care about daddy's mo daddy's money and about her horse, which is also wow. very like um, which is also definitely not representative for a lot of people like me who had to save all their birthday and Christmas money for years in order to be able to afford seeing a horse once a week. Um, so that's like, um, there's definitely a lot of like negative stereotypes. I also, I, I don't think, um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's always hard to, to validate. Like, do, do people get bullied for being horse girls? Yes. I, I, I have definitely heard people, people say that they do. Um, that also doesn't mean that, that the term is inherently negative. There's actually an interesting campaign right now from, um, Star Stable Online, which is, uh, one of the biggest, like actual horse games out there and they're kind of doing this like um like a campaign to to sort of take that term back and turn it into something positive and like uh they did a survey among their players where it's like yeah everyone's aware of like the stereotypes of being obsessed and crazy and uh and whatever but actually the way that riding makes girls feel is more like empowered and brave and and um mm and good and uh so th that's the if if for for that term i would actually i would actually forward you to to the the star stable online uh campaign on that because they are definitely tackling that exact thing at the moment um which i which i think is cool and i also like i agree with that like let's um i, I put it in quotation marks because i know that it has this, these connotations but yeah i do call myself a horse girl unironically as well um i had no idea of all the the background um surrounding that um because yeah like, you know a horse is a big powerful creature there's nothing kind of girly necessarily about riding a creature like that so yeah no and and by the way that uh that like uh gendered connotation is also relatively young um so for example i think what is really interesting and in, that's really interested in looking at horse media um in the past hundred years or so you had like in the in the 40s you had the um, Flicka books and uh, the Black Stallion books by Walter Farley, um, as well as a bunch of other horse series that all had boy protagonists. And um, so these were like adventure books for young boys uh, that met horses and that loved their horses and that had special relationships mm. to their horses. And um, at some point uh, in the last, um, I would say, 40, 40 years or so, that has shifted to like, oh, yeah, no, horses are for girls, totally. Um, and 
to wow. the point where even modern adaptations of these older um, older books have gender swapped their protagonists. So like the newer Flicka film are uh, like put a girl in the uh, uh, in the lead role and um, the the latest Black Beauty film did that too and the the latest. Um, well, a later Black Stallion movie also decided to put a girl in the main role. And I think that's really, um, that really showcases very clearly that it's, it's, it's sort of, yeah, horses are marketed to girls these days. They, they wouldn't need to be. And I also think that applies to horse, um, horse games or like horses in games, because I don't think any man enjoyed Red Dead Redemption less because the horses had more features in the second game. Um, so <laughs> I think that, uh, I think that gendering is bullshit. I, I mean, I think it's, it's, it's marketing and it's uh, gendering that only, yeah, it doesn't, it, it's just, it's a marketing strategy and I don't like it. <laughs> yeah, um, and rightly so. So let's talk about um, Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch because you talked about yes. being excited <laughs> by this as um, someone that's excited about horse games. And you touched on this earlier. There, there's, there's a whole um, bunch of games that exist in this horse games category, you know, beside the games that we were talking about earlier. Um, so why were you excited about Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch? What is this game doing? I mean, now you're obviously working on it, but what is this game doing that people are excited to, to have in a horse game? What What's exciting about this game? Mm -hmm. I think what... Um... <laughs> I mean, at uh, the, like if I if I summarize the core features, like you you have a you have a, a old downtrodden ranch to restore to its former glory, and okay. you can place buildings there, and you can like you inherit that from your aunt mysteriously, and um, you get <laughs> new horses and you ride races. That's all. It's it, in a way that the premise is fairly standard, but I think um, the execution of it is is all the difference because um, there's a lot. There have been a lot of horse games that fit those same basic principles of like you get a farm and you need to build it up again but um as i know from my uh, all of my reviews that i did for the main quest so um i did a lot of market research in this area as i said um i know that most of these most of these games deal with that topic super super shallowly so it's very um like they're mechanically incredibly simple um, and you don't you don't actually have any choice in terms of how you how you build your farm or what horses you ride or or every horse feels exactly the same. And so some of the some of the features that I'm super super excited for for players to see in uh, in Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch um, are that um, so first of all we have the, the the farm building is actual like building. You find resources and blueprints in the world, and then you come back to your home base and you can place decorations and buildings and um, like place them where they want. You can optimize your farm layout to, to to own as many horses as possible. That just has a lot more gameplay depth than we're usually used to in this type of game. It may not sound spectacular to um, <laughs> to players of of I don't know to pl players who haven't played these horse games, but um, trust me, we've been waiting for this. Um, <laughs> and it's also um, it's just the the world is a lot bigger bigger and a lot prettier than uh, than what the competition offers. And uh, one other feature that I'm really excited about is that horses have, I mean, they have different stats. So some of them are faster, some are slower, some jump higher, some uh, uh, have like a charisma value that influences how well you do, um, how famous you get in, in races. Uh, but they also have traits. So they have personality traits. And what that means is that some horses will 
prefers certain biomes to others. And some horses will um, behave differently if you dismount and leave them standing. So like they'll follow you or they'll walk away from you. Um, and they'll also have different preferences for how they like to be pet. And they'll have different preferences for what they like to eat. Um, and all of those things are just um, really like cool. They just give you a lot of a lot more interaction options with the horses, basically, and a lot more. They, they add a lot more depth because a lot of times mm. when you play a game in this in this fashion, it it gets old after um, after you did everything once. And I think in our game, because it's very it's very system based at its core. Like you have uh, you have this building system, you have the the, the riding and aspiration, of course, and and you have the breeding system, which is another very exciting feature because. Uh, we actually did a horse breeding system based in real life genetics. So if somebody knows oh. a bit something about horses, you can actually breed for specific combinations. You can breed for um, horses with the best stats or traits or colors. So you can, or you can combine all of those and um, like have spe special like breeding projects to to, to aim for. Um, and yeah, because we have these systems, I think it, it has a lot more gameplay depth and some people will be will be busy with it for a long time. Um even even long after they've played through the through the story missions. Fantastic. And so when is Horse Tales coming out? Uh Horse Tales Emerald Valley Ranch will be out on November third for Switch, PC, PS4, and PS5. Fantastic. And do you know do you have something to move on to after the game is done? Do you, is that already planned out? Or are you just focused on the uh, finish line? It's not not anything I can uh, talk uh, talk about. Um, but um, I can say that I don't plan on leaving Azir again anytime soon. And I can tell that Azir knows where best, like what type of project to best put me on. <laughs> so um, <laughs> that that's that. I think that's as cryptic a hint as I'm going to leave. <laughs> So um, we've kind of come to the end here, but I have a few um, questions that I ask everyone. Um, sure. And the first of these is, what was your first game? So what was the first game you played? And it can be your literal first game, or it can be the first significant game in your life. I'm going to stick with The Sims. That's definitely the first significant one. It's not the, it's not the very first. I, I played some others before, um, but it's the first that I spent a lot of time in and that I really got into. Okay, what was the last game you played? So, last game you played, which was the last game you were playing? I've I've been on a Stardew Valley binge again recently. It's it's okay. one of my favorites. I, it's not the first time I played it, but I I am I, um, I I did spend a lot of time on Stardew Valley again recently. <laughs> How much is a lot of time? I think I have two hundred fifty hours total now, so I must have played like a okay. hundred in the past uh, two like month or two. Okay. Okay. Yeah. That's not, it's not. That's not too crazy. But that's that's good. That's yeah. Good no, I I, I don't. I I have a horse game website to run. I can't play video games all day. <laughs> <laughs> um, and which is your best game? Which I suppose can be your favorite game. And I know this is an impossible question, but if you can somehow narrow it down in your head, that's perfect. I I do. I Stardew Valley is definitely one of them. Um. Tomb Raider Legend, Outer Wilds, and Subnautica. That's a short list okay. I can make. 
And there are no horses in those games. Well, the the latter two. I don't think there is a horse in Stardew Valley, but no, no, there there are not. There aren't any horses in those games. That's that's just like I I focused on my my gamer experience right now, and not necessarily not specifically the horse game experience. I also have like my favorite old horse game is a horse farm or Minecraft, but um, I can't say like that. That's definitely also influenced me as a creator, but um, it's a uh, it's not something I've played again recently or, or have I, i've spent lo- i've spent more time with the others so what what what's your favorite horse game you said your favorite old horse game but what what's your favorite all-time horse game that's hard they all have their they all have yeah. their issues i'm going i'm going to be very very cheesy for a second say horse tales emerald valley ranch Fair oh, enough. Of, of that, course, that. of course, it's going to be difficult. Of course, it's difficult for me to judge, like uh, because playing it as a creator is something really different. But I, I genuinely believe that we're doing something really good. Fantastic. So, um, Alice, thank you so much for being on the podcast again today. I really appreciate you being here. Thank you. Thank you um, so much. For and to everyone me. else. Pleasure. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you to everyone listening to this. I'm Bertie. That was one to one. And we will see you next time. Bye for now. Bye.